Podcasting is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Introducing the science of a podcast, hosted by Spreaker from iHeart. This weekly podcast looks at the many sides of the podcasting industry, from success, growth, and technology to the varying challenges we all face. This is one podcast about podcasting you don't want to miss. New episodes launch every Tuesday. Listen to the science of a podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the CBC Wisdom Hour, episode number 173. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Tony Byron coming to you live from New Jersey. What's happening, people? Um, well, we're going to find out, Tony. What's new and exciting, Steve. Please do tell. Well, first of all, I must say, if you're coming in here live, come on in and say hello. Tell us where you're from, and we will uh, talk back to you and may- perhaps put you on the screen and perhaps start a whole conversation. Maybe we'll even bring it into the show if you, if you want. Anything's you know, possible. Anything's possible tonight. Just don't know. Um, we are streaming live right now at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday, July 19th, 2022. Just in case somebody from uh, the distant future stumbles across this video, that is or the time they, and yeah, place. Yeah, or they find it in a time capsule and they're like, man, good thing we knew that. We should put this at a time capsule. Because he wouldn't have known otherwise, you know? I do not know what is going on here. And I'm going to explain in a second. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, so, yeah, we're streaming live on the uh, Cover Band Central uh, Facebook page and the Cover Band Central Facebook group and the Cover Band Central YouTube channel. Yeah. And so, all right, here's my conundrum. I have a conundrum. Right now, there are four people. Oh, I went up to ten people. Somebody say hello, please. Somebody let us know that you can hear us and see us and tell yes. us where you're from. What's up? So this is the second time today I've done a live broadcast. Normally, when when we go live, the audience of Coverman Central is currently 400 on the page, 436,000 followers. In the group, 62,000 followers. Uh, YouTube, I don't know. But six people right now watching. Normally when we go live, Tony, and you know this to be true because you've been here with me. For 173 episodes now. That... Hundreds of people, as soon as we go live, hundreds of people are watching and then it, it drops down as people see like, all right, these two morons, we, I don't want to listen to them. And then what remains generally by the end of our hour, there's a good 35, 40, 45, maybe even 50 people still hanging around or coming in and out. Right now there are seven people watching. Five. Mm-hmm. 
So this is, again, the second time I've gone live today. And the first time I went live was to uh, have an interview with uh, a great guy, Eli Khan from Juke. Juke is an app that I've been using and I want everybody to know about and use because you're going to make more money at your shows by using Juke. Um, it's a tip app and people can also request songs through the app and tip you. And it's a lot of fun to use. It's a lot of fun for the band. It's a lot of fun for the audience and you can make more money. And I did this whole interview with Eli and that's where you can, anybody, the four people that are watching right now, if you would like to make some more money, go to juke.band. The link uh, is right there on the screen. Just type it into your phone or your computer um, and get the app. And they have been generous enough saying the first 100 Cover Band Central members that sign up for Juke, they will match the first $25 that you get in tips. So you're making 50 bucks for the 25 bucks that you made in tips. And if you use this app, you will make $25. Well, you'd be making 50 bucks more than you're making now by not using the app. Exactly. That way. Yeah. Right? It's like free money. It's free money. It's a free app. This is no brainer. This is a game changer. You two people now that are watching. Yes. So I will comment on that, Steve. I think there's just maybe several factors at play. One, we are in vacation time. So from now until middle of August, a lot of people are Away. I, I have to I have to disagree with that because people have phones everywhere, whether on vacation or not. Yeah, but and, like I'm on vacation, I'm not following the normal things I do. I'm on vacation. But you're not a social media guy. Okay. Secondly, I would say maybe, you know, typically we've been doing it on a Friday night. Now we switch back to Tuesdays, so you don't see any any problem with the uh day of the week demographic? I do not think that is a factor. I think there is something else at play. Some other, and what do you think that might be? The evil forces of Facebook yes. now blocking CBC or somehow trying to squelch the CBC dominance of Facebook. There has been a lot of seeming foul play in the mm. Facebook world, in, in as far as CBC is concerned, mm. in the last week. Now, I talked about the. Thing where I was put in 24 hour jail last week. And one of the things, one of the punishments besides that, they said that my posts will be lower in the feed for 30 days. Wow. So that of course gave it me, it contributes to it, gave me some, uh, concern. Um, and so yesterday I'm going to show you what this looks like. Let's see it, Stevie. Let's see it. Because I have to... I'm just... Maybe somebody can give me some um, insight. Maybe to, they're diverting the hundreds of normal listeners we have to a different... No, but location. here's the thing, Tony. I did a live stream yesterday with Bob Doyle. Yep. And it went... We, we talked about that last week, yeah. And it went great. There was a lot of people watching just like normally, like when you and I would go live. It, it generally, there's a couple hundred that come in right away and within the first 
two or three or four minutes, I would say. And you know it because we always like, tell us where you're from. And then all these people say, hey, I'm from Chattanooga. Hey, I'm from Australia. Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely, yeah, uh, agreed. So the same was true yesterday, yesterday afternoon or morning. I mean, it was uh, afternoon for you. It was uh, noon, exactly, noon Eastern we went. Um, And today I went live at 1 Eastern or 1, 2 Eastern, actually, 1 Central. Um, And... Yeah. So yesterday was fine. We got plenty of audience, plenty of engagement, and it was great. And then today, just went down the tubes. So there is something going on. So I'm going to show you the other thing that is, is really strange. Because I've, I, this, I, I, yeah, I do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand what is happening. And it may just all be some sort of crazy anomaly that's going on. It might be, Steve. It might It be. might just be something in the weird uh, web, worldwide web thing that it's just, for some reason, my lives are not. Because we're streaming right now to the page, to the group, and to YouTube. Five people right now watching. Hmm. But I can check the traffic for the memes and stuff like that and you know all the other stuff that that is posted sure and yesterday or actually the last two days the traffic was quite a bit lighter on those than it would normally be today back up shot back up with with traffic to the website too from the memes because i put the website url in each post mm-hmm. so here is, and so this is the way, so I do, again, like 22 posts a day on the page. Some are articles. Um, sometimes I do videos there and, but mostly it's memes and the, each meme, I'm sure you're familiar, Tony, you've seen Facebook, you're not on mm-hmm. it, but you've seen it. Most memes has, it's a, has their own little post area and, you know, you see the meme and then there's an area to like it or to comment or to share it. All those things are there. So this started happening yesterday and now it's happened and it, then it wasn't happening earlier today and now it is again. I'm going to tell, show you what I'm talking about. This is the cover band central Facebook page. Okay. Okay. Be good so far. I'm with you. Cover band central. There you go. 436,000 followers. Yeah. Okay. We have a pin post here at the top, which is from Juke. Which is what I was telling you about. So this pin post is on the Coverman Central page. So you can go here, click on this old link here, and get started and start making more money at your shows. And if you don't do it, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear anybody complaining about that they're not making enough money. Seriously. Okay. Next, the next post is this this thing that we're doing, and I can't press play because it's it's delayed, and we'll see what we yeah understood what we what we were doing. But as you can see here now, it's a live nine people live. Yeah, watching. yeah. And nobody has commented yet. Nobody yeah. has said anything. Not one comment. Either we have a silent audience or something. Maybe they're being sequestered, Steve. Maybe they're not. Maybe they can't comment as much as they want to. They just can't. Maybe. It's quite possible. The next post is a conglomeration of the last. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 memes that I put up all in one post. 
with one little section here to like, comment, share. And there's two shares, no comments, 13 reactions. But if I click on one of them by itself, you'll see the, the, the post here that got 139 reactions, nine comments, 80 shares. Hmm. Now I was thinking, okay, maybe it just looks like that just on, on my computer, but I looked on the phone, same thing. So yeah, let's look, let's click on the plus nine. And this is like you would have for, um, you know, a gallery, a photo gallery. If you put up a whole bunch of pictures in one post, this mm -hmm. is what it, this is what it would look like on Facebook. So, you know, I always put up, you know, a promotion for the website where you hey, can sign up for a, yep. a profile for you, your band or both at three. I always put up one of those a day. So here are the, the various memes that I put up recently. Um, the birds singing, 416 reactions, you know, 21 comments. So, so music is the best teacher. Start them young. Good advice. When you hit a wrong note, but it still sounds as good. A little funny meme, the water is not connected uh -huh. to the flight. 1,300 reactions. So, so the point here is when the post goes up, oh, and it's Brian May's birthday, by the way. Here you go. 960 reactions. So good, you know, good engagement here with these posts. Okay. But again, we go back and if you're going just to look back through, they put them all in one place. Which I I think I guess Facebook is trying to consolidate space. Right. So you didn't arrange them that way. I did not prearrange that way for you. Yes, I guess after a certain period of time. And this is the video I did earlier with Eli from Juke. Mm -hmm. Now that says seven comments, but there weren't seven comments during the whole broadcast. So let's look at what the could this work live streaming? Yes. I'm going to respond to this guy right now. Okay. All right. So people actually watch the replay at least. Let's see who shared it. Yeah, I'm doing my, during Wisdom Marathon now, I'm doing my work. Banzoogle, I always put an ad up for them too, and they are kick-ass. Use the promo code Coverband Central. Sign up for a free 30-day trial. Banzoogle, get a website. It looks good. Uh, an article. So here is an article that I put up. That's one of my articles. And here is this meme again from 10 hours ago that was put in, in the little mishmash there. And there's Brian May again. But I guess, okay. So, so, so now going backwards here, you don't see that collage anywhere here, right? No, except off to the left where you have it staged right now. Well, that's a, that's just a, like a photos section of yeah, the most recent you. photos. Oh, no, I don't see it again. You're right. You don't see it again. But I I had seen it yesterday. All right. Wait. Did you ever see this, Tony? This is great. it out so uh, something mysterious is going on in the facebook universe putting all this stuff together like this because now if i want to find this separately or if i want to find the information about it separately i have to click on it and then see what's going on there which uh, all right so they didn't they're not taking it away but 
what in good guy what the hell is going on i don't know steve and again we're we're four people watching us now five people watching us now so it's it's not getting reached nobody is seeing the fact that we're live correct and the fact that nobody's commenting either is a bit odd because by this time like you said there's usually 50 comments in the in the yeah you know section already so that being said let it not diminish our ability to deliver wisdom, Steve. We will still deliver the wisdom like we normally would. With the, You're going to deliver the wisdom. With, with, with I'm, enthusiasm. I'm, all, I'm all tapped out of wisdom. <laughs> You're tapped so, out of wisdom. Come I'm on, tapped, man. I'm tapped out. You, you, know, need, I, you need to be a wisdom fountain so to me. Steve, it's times like these when you're most beaten down, confused, don't can't make sense of things. To look inside and be grateful and realize the things that we we do have in life that we are thankful for, and think of other things that we can spend our time and energy towards, rather than being frustrated with this conundrum that you're going through right now. I think you, you stay on it. You see what happens in a couple of days. You do some more live things and see if anybody, you know, and give it a little barometer. It's only been a couple of days, and like you said, Bob Doyle, you had good response on his yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday, yeah. right? That's what I'm yeah. saying. So I think you got to give it a week at least and just see how it plays out because we did wisdom last week on Tuesday, right? So on Wednesday, on Wednesday last week, correct? That's right. Yes. And yes. and how did the how did the rest of the week go after that? Fine. And I did a, a, a live broadcast every day last week, hmm. and it was it, same. The only time it's there's been an anomaly. Is today? Is there? An, isn't there like an asteroid passing by us or something? Or a comet? I mean, listen, it could, it could just be some kind of glitch within Facebook too, where things are, are not, you know, ever out of sorts or whatever. But like I said, we could spend, you know, the entire duration of Wisdom Hour trying to figure it out and talk about it. That's what we should do. It. Yes. And no, we should we should not do that. <laughs> so we'll have four listeners. We'll have one, maybe. But it depends you know on. At this you know, point, I don't. I don't even believe this number. I don't even believe that no yeah, that anybody's watching. Fake. Wait a second. Somebody said something. T- Terry Delacruz said, "Hi, I'm watching from Australia. I'm involved with Ben. I love your memes. They are so clever. Keep them coming." So okay, I don't so even think she's watching this broadcast. I don't think anybody realizes that this is a live broadcast. Somebody out there, please say, hey, I'm watching you live right now. Right, because typically they'll be on saying, hey, checking in from so-and-so, just got into the group tonight, just just arrived, sorry I'm late, whatever, you know. But I mean, so, you know, so uh, another question, is, uh, another good topic to bring up, though, is is, is something about gigs, right? I, I well, 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 hang on a second. I, I just want to say it is... 7:19 p.m. Central go. Time yeah. on July 19th. Yeah, just to saying. just to be clear that we're live at that time. Yeah. But all right, Victoria said I'm watching live. Victoria, where are you from? Are you from the upside down world? <laughs> I've been watching Stranger Things. Have you seen Stranger Things? I watched like the first season of it, and then it started getting too stupid, so I stopped. Oh, okay. I watched the first season. Um. And and two episodes into the second season, and Austin, they have she said the upside down. Yes, yes, upside down. Victoria's in Austin, and Terry is watching. Oh, he, she is yep. watching us live from Australia. All right, so we're hitting Texas and Australia again. Just a weird anomaly. Like I said, I, I haven't seen it. You know, typically it's like you said, a ton of people in a lot of interaction going on. Listen, it could just be one of those nights. Like I said, you never know. You no, know. no, no, no. It's, there is some anomaly going on with Facebook. 
That's what I mean. So you'll have to wait it out a couple of days and see if it shakes itself out. I'm not waiting a couple of days. I'm going to check it tomorrow. I might even wake up early or late tonight and check it again. You could do that as much as you like. I just don't know if it's going to be enough time to see if there's any, if it moves the needle at all, right? Well, when it changes, it's going to change. So whenever that is. You'll know um, about it. Get your people on it. Victoria said, just saw a clever meme, saw the live icon, and followed. Oh. Thanks, Victoria. Yeah, so she's in. Like I said, she. so it is out there, Steve. Maybe, like I said, there's just some kind of unknown thing going on. But uh, nonetheless, we can't let it deter our enthusiasm and our mission for bringing wisdom forth. So therefore, we must talk uh, about something very important. I have a good question for you. Okay. So I have a friend of mine who's playing in five different bands, and he's on target for 150 gigs this year. Good for him. So what kind of preparation – I've done that in the past too with the original band, but not day in and day out, year in and year out, you know? But in a situation like that where you are playing, you know, up to uh, three times a week, every single week, right? So you're playing, you know, 12 times a month, maybe 13, 14, 15 times a month. It's sure. pretty good, pretty good amount of gigs, and sure. you're used to gigging like that. But up here in the Northeast, yes. where you don't have a Bourbon Street, that's not a typical scenario. And again, like I said, he's not in one band playing all these gigs, right? So, what are some things you can think about for our fellow musicians out there that may be up against a similar type of situation where they have tons and tons of gigs to play? What are some tips since you've done it and you've played 150 gigs a year or more? Oh, um, yes. you know. How do you keep yourself fresh? How do you keep yourself, like going back to, to Brian May's quote earlier, each gig must be unique, right? You must tread that fine line between giving the audience what they want but also keeping yourself fresh and you're not in a rut of playing. You know, because take it for cover, right? It's different if it's original because you can, it's your own music and – even if you played it a thousand times, there's still some different energy that you get from it. But cover band, like we always talk about, you want to emulate and play the covers, you know, to, to the best of your ability that you can, you know? Yes. Um, but what about stretching some parts of certain things and inserting a little bit of your own self into them as if you were playing the gig live with the band that okay. created you, it? You know? you're just, you just asked me two completely different questions. Yeah, yes, so correct. So which one do you want me to answer? The, the, the tips have, tips on playing like keeping your keeping your yes, that self was, that was the first question so you for, for three days okay sure. yeah okay three um, to four gigs a week what what's a good thing to keep in mind to keep yourself fresh and, and healthy and not get burnt out uh well ideally you would like to uh exercise daily like have a routine have have a regular routine that you follow especially in the morning you know, getting up at a, at a particular time or at least, at least within a particular time range, say between nine and 10 or 10 and 11 or whatever. If you're playing late at night, you're going to sleep till at least then. But definitely have a routine in the morning. I'm a night person. So it, it, it's always a struggle for me in the morning to get going with, um, you know, just get going for my day. Unless I have specific things that I want to get done first thing in the morning, which I currently do. I'm using a checklist for myself for like a to-do list for every day, um, which I really like. It's making me way more productive. Um, so have something like ha have a plan for your day um, and make sure you include things like exercise when you can. It doesn't have to be every day, but at least 
enough, you know, where, where it's going to keep you healthy. Uh, eating, you know, eat a good breakfast and definitely eat a good dinner before you go play. Um, I, I know a lot of, there's some musicians that don't like to play with, like with a full stomach too. So, you know, don't eat a lot, but eat something so you have the energy. Um, don't drink too much, you know, um, and, you know, I mean, that's it really. I mean, if you're playing three nights a week or four nights a week, you don't have to worry about practicing or warming up or, or, you know, I mean, that's, that's your practice is playing the gig. That's where you're, you know, you're keeping your chops up, you're improving on your instrument. Um, so just, yeah, those are the tips I would give as far as just having to do it day after day. Because I was doing it, yeah, sometimes six nights a week, dude. I was correct. At, so at, now, what what if you're working full time Monday to Friday, and you have two gigs during the week and ooh. two gigs on the weekends? Then what does that do to adapt to the schedule? Because now you're not in, you're already in a routine, right? You're already waking up, you know, early in the morning. You're going to work a full day, and mm-hmm. then you're going to gig. Not every single night during the week, but at least two nights during the week you have gigs, and then on the weekends you're gigging. You know, or maybe you're gigging Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you have one gig during the week, or maybe it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know, I'm not certain the right. schedule, but that's just something else to pay attention to. And my only input to that, because I've done that section of it, is would be don't drink at the gig. You know, keep yourself hydrated, and you know, get home and get to bed. You know, at a reasonable time, especially if you have to wake up early the next day. Right. If you have back-to-back gigs during the week, you know, where you have to do that, um, you know, you have to take it on a, on a as they come basis, but you definitely need to be rested and you definitely need to be geared up so that you don't get burned out. Right. Especially if you're working all day and then, you know, how do you keep yourself fresh at night? If you're going to a gig and you've just worked a long day, you know, how do you summon the second wind? And I think as musicians, we can all relate to that where you could be tired and this today and I'll have a gig tonight. But then when you get to the gig, you become energized and all of a sudden, you know, you're alive and, the music awakens us, right? It brings us to another place where we are excited to play. Um, and that's why we would, you know, we would do something like that, like work a 10 hour day and then go play four or five hour game. Yeah. Other advice I would give for that is be in your twenties or thirties, <laughs> um, 40 at the most, but uh, over that, then you should not do that to yourself. You, you, you will, uh, you, you will get sleep deprivation and a uh, poor diet and, uh, that's not a good idea. I did it. I, I mean, I was working, not really, I didn't really do it, but I was, before I moved to Jersey, or to New Orleans, wherever I am, I was working 6 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Then I would come home and, and I had an eBay business and I was working on that. And then I would sometimes go to a band rehearsal, sometimes go teach. And if I wasn't doing either of those, I was working on my eBay business the whole night and I would go to sleep 11, sometimes midnight and wake up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. and go back to work and do it all over again. So I was getting like five hours sleep and I would, my, I would take a nap on my lunch break. I would like, I had a half hour lunch break and I would brown bag it every day, eat my lunch real quick and then take a 15 minute nap in my car. And that actually helped a lot. Sometimes those power naps are, uh, and I think it depends on the individual too, because I could survive on four hours a night for, you know, a year doing that type of thing. And I, a I, year? Oh yeah. Back at, well, again, I was younger, probably my, yeah, like mid twenties, we were doing 150 gigs a year for about two years, uh-huh. all, all original. 
um, and working full time. And same, like you just said, would get, you know, during the week would be a rehearsal or I would be teaching or I would have something where I wasn't getting to bed before 11 or 12 o'clock and I was getting up every day at, you know, four or five in the morning. Um, and on gig nights, you might not get home till two o'clock in the morning and still have to get up at five. So, you know, mm-hmm. anywhere between three and four or five hours of sleep. Um, you know, and then I did that for a while and then I was able to continue that well into my forties and fifties, but I don't require a real lot of sleep, I guess, for my body, you know, so I'm used to that type of thing. But also I would notice that as I got older doing that during the week, by the time the end of the week rolls around, it definitely catches up with you. You know, you need to get some, some rebound sleep and get recharged and, and re-energized for sure. Right. But, um, okay. So that was the first part of the question. Second part of the question was the Brian May aspect of it. Like, I, I didn't know, even read the quote. I showed it and then I didn't. Yeah. Even so read it. it's like, so how do you play a gig where you, he's saying you need to walk the fine line between keeping it fresh for yourself, right? And keeping yourself Yes. challenged and engaged and keeping it fun for you and, and challenging, but also keeping it entertaining for the audience and the listener. So as cover band musicians, you know, I know I take certain liberties with drumming, you know, on covers to make them more lively and make them more as if I was playing it live with that band, um, you know, within reason, not, you know, defaming the song in any way or playing something that doesn't fit or work you know what i mean so it may be a little different for us drummers because we have some flexibility there you know where you could do any you know unless it's a signature fill or something that's going in you know you have to play the grooves correctly but do you you know i i do find that when you go on to youtube and you look at a bunch of different cover bands some of them play it exactly like the record some of them take a little bit of liberty and some of them really you know do their own version of it almost you know Right. So to Brian May's point, it's like, how do you keep it fresh if you're playing like, for example, like what you're doing, you're, you know, or even what I'm doing, you're playing the same. When you're craving church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. You know, like in New Orleans, when you do your bunch of gigs, um, it's, you know, you're playing the mm-hmm. same variety of songs night after night after night. So do you guys ever mix yes. it up? Do you play anything different? How do you keep yourself inspired to play, you know, Don't Stop Believing for the 50th time this week? Um, okay. So that was a long mm-hmm. question. So I will try to do my best to, to answer. Uh, but, but by the way, I want to read the Brian May quote verbatim. It says, each gig should be unique. You're, you're always tra- treading that line between keeping yourself fresh and giving people what Tony is referring to. Um, I wrote an article about this a while ago and I'm going to bring it up and we're going to look at it and, and talk about these points because this is what I think about it. Um, but yes, in, in New Orleans, we are often playing the same exact songs night after night, especially the popular ones such as Don't Stop Believing." So, particular, what keeps engaged with it and enjoying it for that song in particular and songs like it, like, and when I say like it, I mean songs that are mega popular here in New Orleans on Bourbon Street with the tourist crowd. 
those are songs like Sweet Child of Mine, uh, Jesse's Girl is one, um, uh, Highway to Hell, or uh, You Shook Me All Night Long. Those are popular songs with the tourist crowd. I'm looking, so, you know, say, so safe to say you'll do them every single night. Pretty much, yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm on stage and I'm looking out at the audience, and every musician knows this perspective, this point of view. We are generally looking, you know, if we're playing stuff on autopilot, which again for us in New Orleans we quite often are, we're we're looking to be entertained by you. By the audience. Uh, we're watching you. We're watching to see what you're doing. And those songs that are mega popular, generally there's a good crowd and they're dancing or they're singing along or they're doing something having fun and we're entertained by that. So we're watching you have fun. So that's how it's always a different audience. It's always new faces to watch having fun out there. And it's always a different experience because of how they're reacting to the song, whether they're dancing or singing along or, or, you know, whatever is going on out there. It's always brand new experience. So that's how I kind of keep it, those things sort of fresh, I suppose. I don't really need to think about playing any of those songs or those songs in particular. I don't, there's no thought that goes into it because I've been, I've played them so many times that I just, I just play them. Understood, but how do you keep it engaging for yourself? Like you said, so you're not on autopilot maybe all the time. Like, is there any songs you could think of that you don't necessarily revert to autopilot, but you actually are actively engaged in in the song itself? Um, it maybe a song that you don't play as often. Yeah, it would be that, or a song that's newer that we have we've never played. Um, so then, I, that then I do have to think about it if I just learned it recently then it's more then I'm more thinking about it but I mean I'm always kind of engaged with my instrument with playing my instrument I'm always kind of you know I'm in the zone with my instrument I am one with my bass you know I'm always kind of what song it is either way I'm playing a note I'm playing I'm plucking the strings no matter what song it is it doesn't matter um, so I'm always kind of just focusing on how much I love playing the bass guitar, how much I love the bass guitar sounds when it's when it's locked in with that kick drum and with just especially with the drums with the rhythm, you know, just how how enjoyable that is for me, how much I feel it, I can feel it in my body, and that's more that's more where I'm at, you know, when I'm playing. I'm just kind of feeling this experience, and I'm I'm noticing, you know, that that I'm playing well or something like that or something that I just did sounds good. I notice it, but I don't really think, you know, at all. It's mm -hmm. just kind of just a being, you know, it's, it's the thing you really want to accomplish, achieve in life at all times. You want to just kind of be, be present, um, you know, not think about anything, just be here now. So. And that comes down to channeling too. When you're in the zone at a gig, you're just playing and it's just coming and it's natural and it sounds great, you know. But right. but Greg G brings up a good point. He says all those songs you mentioned, yeah, I need a killer vocalist to sing in the original key. Do you guys ever change the key of a song or bring it down a half step? We have done that. Uh, we we the last band I was in, we were playing everything a half step down. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I've done that many times where a key has been changed to accommodate the singer. Yeah. But not for those songs that I mentioned. But Greg, we did have killer singers singing those songs. So, you know, it's New Orleans. There's a lot of killer singers here. And sometimes it's a female singing a male part. So, you know, females can sing Sweet Child easier and the ACDC stuff easier. Some mm-hmm. females. Not every female has a high voice. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we do have killer singers. So, but as far as like, I, and this is really my thoughts on it, and I'll show you this article here that I wrote. As far as the approach to, uh, how, like, you know, you said a lot of people just play it just like the original. So, so I wrote an article and I call it play coverage song just like the original or make it your own, a handy guide. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not going to read this Very whole article. I'm not going to read this whole article, but I will paraphrase my own writing here by saying that it is impossible to play a song exactly like it was recorded. Playing live and playing in the studio are complete, two completely different animals. In mm-hmm. the studio, most of the time you're tracking, um, you're, you know, you're playing a rhythm track or, or a, a basic track, which is a drums, bass and rhythm guitar, and then overdubbing another guitar part and a solo and vocals all separately. So that's a whole different experience than it is playing live. So you could never 100% replicate a studio uh, recording. You can try, though. You can come close to where it's almost hard to discern like what's different about it, but it's not going to sound like a studio recording, you know, ever. But um, even if you look up that artist online, you could find some live versions that they've done of those songs and get and- glean some insight into sure. maybe how you could modify them yourself which i ha- highly recommend but so is the mentality let's try to play just like it, the record or let's do it our own way let's make it our own so th- this is my response to it um gotcha. what i'm saying what's what are important aspects of a song the lyrics the melody the key the tempo and the signature riffs or signature melodies. Um, so those are the things that you want to honor of a song. You know, sometimes you can change up the lyrics a little bit if you're changing something to make it personal with with the uh, the audience or the venue or the band or something. You could, you know, you people do that often. The melody you can play with that a little bit generally too, but certain melodies you want to keep. The way they are, because that's why that song was successful. Correct. Um, the key of the song, again, should be honored, but yes, you can change it, like we talked about, for the vocalist to accommodate the vocalist. Tempo, again, should be stuck to, but there are obvious times when you can mess with the tempo. You could play it super fast, or you could play it super slow, and it might really radically change the song for the better for you, for the situation you're in. But these are the aspects that, so I basically say that all that stuff, what I just said in this article here. Mm. Um, so yeah, so those are the, the, those are the aspects of the song to consider. All right. I do think, we want to keep this the same? Do we want to mess with it? But I think one of the most important things in that list is tempo, because if you can radically change it, that's great, right? And it'll sound unique and different. But if you're, only changing it like if you're playing it 
two to four BPM too fast or two to, or four BPM too slow, it's going to have a wonky feel to it, you know? So if you are shooting for that original tempo or if the original tempo is, let's just say, 138 and you want to bump it up to 140 to give it a little more pep in its step, you know, at the gig, that's great, right? But if you're playing that 138 song at 145 because it feels great and then you go and watch it back, it's not going to have any groove. It's not going to feel right, you know? And we talked about that last week about gig adrenaline, right? So it's a very real thing that that we have to deal with, you know, where you think yeah. you're playing it at a great tempo live, but you're really not. Yes. Um, and I, I wrote in this article um, about what we were just alluding to that where you could drastically change it. There was a band I used to see. I used to play on the same uh, in the same venue as them. They played before us. They would play Hotel California in double time. Mm. And, and it was awesome. It was great because you could still, everything else stayed the same. You know, the, the lyrics, the melody, yep. the signature, you know, the guitar solo, it, all of it was the same. It was just two times as fast. And it was awesome. So, and the reason they did it was when they first started doing it was because we would show up at the club. The club was Voodoo Vibe and we played after them. I forget what the name of the band was. Um, but they would had to stop at a certain time and then they would break down and then we would set up and, and we would play. And there was probably about a half hour in between those times. So we, not a lot of time. So they would be really diligent with stopping on time. So they would get, cause we we're all kind of friends and stuff. So they would just, you know, they didn't want to screw us. They wanted to make sure we had enough time to set up and start on time. Sure. And Sometimes they would have like just two and a half minutes left or something like that and they wanted to play hotel. So they played it, they just played it super fast to <laughs> squeeze it into that time. And it was, and it was great. It was, everybody loved it. I mean, it was not only could you still sing along with the song, but it was funny and people were just, and the, the whole band is laughing and the, the crowd is laughing. So, um, yeah, you're going to attempt to read that whole comment right there. Yeah, I was just so. looking at it. So it's, it's good. So Slink, yeah, it, wait, hang on. Slink is watching us on YouTube. He said, that's what I do. I don't know what he's talking about, but he also said bingo. So at least we got Slink on YouTube. Yeah. And we're hitting some topics that he and agrees with. Greg. That's good. And Greg. Uh, and Greg. Um, so, so anyway, yeah, but stick to the certain aspects of the song that are important that people want or expect to hear. You know, if, if you have somebody singing along and your singer doesn't know the lyrics or is changing the lyrics, to, to make himself laugh, then people out there aren't going to enjoy it as much. Um, and, and to Greg's point too, you know, if you're not in a situation where you're, you know, expected to play these certain types of songs that are crowd favorites and popular, and you don't have a singer that can sing those parts, even if you've dropped it a half step or a whole step and it still doesn't work, there's just some songs that you move on from, right? I mean, we've all been there, right? There's sure, songs that you yeah. learn as a band, you play them a couple of times, and either they don't go over that great, or the, you know, someone's struggling with singing it, or that has difficult parts in it, or it just doesn't sound good. There's certain, you know, songs that just won't fit your band, you know? And it's okay to move on from them and not have to play that song because everybody else is playing it, right? But play your own songs that sound good, you know? And, and again, we get back to, you know, set up a video recorder out front at a couple of gigs and just videotape the band. It's very, very telling. It's very revealing. Sure. You can, it's great, um, you, you know, criticism for yourself to watch and see, you know, 
How do you look? You know, how do you look on stage? Right? Do you look like you're bored? Do you look like you're having a great time? Do you look like a maniac? Do you look like you're bringing it? <laughs> you, you, <laughs> like you a maniac? Yeah. Or do you, are you just standing there doing nothing? Uh, you know, the songs sound good, or do they sound not so good? What songs sound great, and why do they sound so great? And what songs maybe don't sound so good that need some work? You know, is it background vocals? Is it the lead vocal? Is it the guitar lead? You know, is this something that's out of someone's range? Like, there's a lot of factors to take into consideration. Just because you, you know, the band agrees to do a song, I, I think it's important that it's done well and that everyone agrees that it's done well. It's got to sound not, good. Yeah. Yeah. You and not it. just because it's, you know, it, it's Pete's favorite song, so we're going to play it, but it doesn't yeah, sound, yeah. you know? Don't do that. Yeah. I, it, it's got to just sound good. You got to be able to be honest with yourself and get some objective opinions from it, but definitely film yourself. But check it out. I, I uh, was going through some old files on my computer recently and over the past week, and I found... Oh, she, there she goes again. I, I found a video that I recorded of when I was playing with Wendy and Lisa, and you remember Wendy and Lisa yeah, because we yeah. did the we did the movie yes. with them. Yep. And it was uh, this guy Jack playing drums, and it was a, I don't remember where the show was. It was in Jersey, but I don't remember what the venue was. It was the only time we played there. There weren't a lot of people there. It was a nice sized stage, and there was a big dance floor, but nobody was on it. And there was a bar in the back, and people were there. But I filmed the whole thing, and so I sat and. And I watched that over this past week. So filming yourself is great for nostalgia. You know, if you like to kind of look back at where you came from and things that you used to do, people yeah. you used to play with, it's great for it. So I basically played again, played another show with Wendy and Lisa, um, <laughs> just by, by watching it. But I, I found like, I was, you know, definitely checking out like, how was I playing? And this was probably 2006. Seven. I was going to say it's at least 15 plus years eight, ago. Yeah, somewhere around there. So, like, you know, I've definitely come a long way since then. But I was watching my playing, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I sound good. And I thought my voice sounded good, too. And I, I felt like I'm very uh, highly critical of my, my singing voice. Um, and it's especially if I just, you know, like if I just played the show and then I go back and I watch the video. I'm like, ooh, ooh, uh, I don't want to hear that. But if I hear myself singing from 15 years ago, I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah. Cause I, I'm not so close to it and I don't really yeah. even remember. I, I don't know what to expect. Like, I'm like, you know, okay, I'm just listening and like, oh, okay, it sounds good. So that's good for that. Um, but yeah, like, uh, Slink said, we video all our rehearsals so we can wince at our own shortcomings. Yeah. yeah. And if you have a sense of humor about it too, it's good to do. That. Well, and it's not meant to be like, oh, look, so-and-so, like, you're not playing that part right, or you shouldn't be singing that like that, or that part sucked, you know? It's more like to go back and look at it collectively, right, and say, you know, what could we be doing differently? Or, you know, if you run down a gig and you've played, you know, 30 songs and you spend a rehearsal watching them down, you can make some notes and say, these are some things we need to work on. Or you might see songs and say, hey, songs number one, four, five, seven, eight, and 11 were great, you know? They had, like, I can't. No one can think of anything that we could do any different. So those are some staple songs that we do that sound really good. However, on right. this song, so-and-so, you know, could have sang this different or he missed that cue or whatever it might be. But you can definitely, like you said, it, it makes you better because you can't get better at things that you don't work on. And you can't work, get things to work on if you don't know what to work on. And you can't identify what to work on if you don't do some sort of review to understand what's in need of being worked on. Right. Well said. There you go. <laughs> um, so, so do that, everybody. Film yourself. But I have to get to the topic that I wrote in the description because I haven't. Oh, I, 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 I kind of alluded to it already in the beginning. 
But well, you know, just talk about it super quick. It's just tips on tips. I think we've talked about it before. Do you want to do a double time? Here we could do a double time. Okay. Um, keeps on the boss complex out. It keeps us all equal. I like that. Yeah, but it's true because if you're in a band with a boss, that band's not going to last very long. You know, only because people are going to get tired of it. And again, it's just you know. Greg said we practice virtually, so it's tough to work on stuff before we actually play a gig. Yeah, but Greg, like to, to you know, the point we made earlier, you could record a gig, share it with everybody, and then collectively re- review it, and then you know right. chime in remotely, right, and and discuss it. Yeah, in fact, that's a good way if you're getting together virtually, so you can have like a Zoom call, yeah, and and everybody watch the show, and and then you can really see where where you're at. But yeah, so sure. the thing was about tips. We've talked about it before. Um, if you play a gig where you're allowed to take tips, you absolutely should. You should have a tip bucket, tip jar, some way for people to give you money because people do want to tip you. Um, yes. People, a lot of people do have money, and if they like what they hear, what they see, they would happily give you a tip. So make sure you have that available. But now with technology, we have these uh, uh, people have been doing the Venmo thing using a QR code mm-hmm. or just putting up their Venmo address, which is silly, um, I think, because then you're making people type on their phone, p- drunk people in a dark club type on their phone. And that's that's rude of you to do that. Put up the QR code. Or, or, or they're sending the tip to somebody else because yeah, they right. held something. Right. Put up the QR code for your Venmo. But the best thing to do now is a tip app. And I did an interview with this guy earlier today. Please go check it out. Check out the replay of it. It's on the, the page. It's in the group and it's on the Cover Band Central YouTube channel, which you su- should subscribe to, by the way. There's a link in the description, but that is juke.band and check out, go to juke.band and check out this app and get it on your phone and start using it at your gigs. If you're allowed to take tips, if you're a solo artist, you're a duo, you're a full band, doesn't matter. It's fun. You put in your whole set list and your whole song list and people can scan the QR code that you're going to post in, in the club somewhere. You're going to hang it up or put it on the bar, put it on tables. And they actually will send you a poster when you sign up, a personalized QR code that they send you one for free. Uh, and this is a free app, by the way. You don't have to pay anything for any any of this. Uh, but they can, you put in your, your, your whole set list and people scan the QR code. They can scroll through your song list. They can request a song right then and there. They'll tip you virtually on that app and they can tip you five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks, hundred bucks. Who knows? They'll tip you something and they can just tip you without requesting a song. There is no reason to not have this if you play live. Go to juke.band and get this for yourself. The first 100 Cover Band Central members that sign up, they are going to match the first $25 tip you get, and they're going to give you another $25. So make sure when you sign up that you told them you heard about it on Cover Band Central. That is a $25 sentence to write. So do that. (laughs) Indeed it is. Um, Slink said tip jars are non-existent in Canada. I first seen that concept when we were playing in Michigan. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Hmm. Huh. Well, even more reason now you have the app. The only thing I would say with the app, though, it sounds like if you have 150 songs in your library, 
you better be brushed up on all 150 of them, even if you're only playing 50 of them at the gig, because there's another 100 in the queue that they could potentially pick from, hijack your set list, but say, hey, here's 20 bucks, play this song. Here's 5 bucks, play that song. Here's 15 bucks, I'd love to hear that song, right? So you got to be prepared to be able to, you know, to produce the songs that you put on that list. You got to have, yeah, song retention in you. Yeah. You have to know a lot of songs, and that's something that I need to do you know, here playing here in New Orleans. And I've always said that about playing in any cover band. The, the more songs you know, the better you're going to do and the more work you're going to get because that's the number one thing that people need. You know, you go to jam, if you're subbing for a band and you, you walk in and they say, okay, uh, we're going to play the song. Do you know it? And you say no, then you're, you're hurting the whole night. You're hurting the whole band. You're hurting the whole project and you're likely not going to get asked back to that to play with that band. However, if every song they ask you to play, you know it, or you can at least fake it through it, you're probably going to get work out of that. And they're going to like you and the club is going to be happy and the band is going to be happy. Hey, now typically if you get a call for a sub, like, Hey Steve, got a gig tomorrow night. Can you do it? And you say, yeah. Will you say to that band, if you don't know them, like, cause a lot of the bands you're probably familiar with and know the guys from playing on Bourbon Street, but if it's a band you're not familiar with, will you ask them for a set list or say, can you send me your song list so I can oh, understand yeah. what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. If, if I've never played with any of the people, yes, I will. Right. Ask but if they have a 200 song list and you don't, you only know 50 of them, let's just say. Then I'll ask them, what are the priority songs to know? Yeah. Or, and, or is there a set list, right? Or is, or yeah, or are they going to put a set, set list together for the show? Right. I mean, when I was playing with no idea, no set list, no master song list even, no set list, no nothing. Just right, and no warning, you know. Sometimes I wasn't even told what song was next. The drummer would just start, you know, right. and I'd, I would be expected to jump in and play the part and play it right. Sure. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's it's like that sometimes. But knowing a lot of songs... You know, I'm just a sponge with songs too. And I'm a bass player. It's a little easier than it is for guitarists, maybe, and for, for singers, cause singers have to remember words, specific words. Yep. I just have to, rem have to remember one of the notes. Um, but, and I'm only, I'm not playing chords. Generally I'm playing, you know, one note at a time. So it's a little easier for a bass player. But I still, you know, I still have to know the song structure, things like that, harmonies. Sure. So I know a lot of songs. I well, used to play with, uh, yeah. I used to sub with Glenn Roberts. You know Glenn? Yeah. He's a Jersey guy. And he would do solo gigs, um, just playing guitar and singing. And he had a, like a loose leaf or, or a, a notebook, you know, with the, the pages you can put in. What yeah. is that called? A binder. binder? Okay. Yeah. Like thick, you know, this, this thick. Like John Monica so, used to have before technology caught up with him. Yeah, just full of songs and like song lists and, and lyrics and everything. He knew a ton of songs and yeah. same thing. He would just, he would just start playing. He wouldn't tell me what song is next and just, I would just be expect, he just, I assumed, I guess, that I knew songs. And I think that happens too after a while. If you're playing with a band and you pretty much know every song, they're just going to assume yeah, that you, you know, know the, the hundred songs that everybody else knows, you right. know, on the street. But I, I am subbing next, is it next week? What is today? Yeah, it's next, oh wow, it's next week already. Next Friday, and I've, I, one of the guys, ooh, I didn't even tell you this, um, uh, this guy, Abe Ruiz, he's a, a guitar player from Jersey who I played with in an original band 15 years ago, um, 
and he is here now in New Orleans and playing. And I'm actually going to be doing a gig where he's going to be on the gig. And the other people in the band, not only have I never played with them, I, I've never even met them. I don't, I don't know who they are. I was given the names, but I don't know, I don't know them at all. So I'm going to show up to that, but I'm not asking anybody for a set list. I'm going to just show up to that gig and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Bold move, Steve. And then they're like, Hey, do you know this song? And you're like, um, no. And then they're uh, like, did they tell you that this is a seventies R and B band? And we do, you know, this eclectic mix of, of songs, you know, see that's, that's one of the challenges we have. It's like, it's so hard to find someone to be able to sub because a, the songs that we play are not your mainstream cover songs and B it's more of a show now. So there's, it's orchestrated, you know, there's starts, there's stops, there's certain orders that things go in. There's certain things that we do to segue one song into the next, you know? Right. That's right. I'm living on the edge. Slink. Yeah. Living on the edge. What if it, you know, that song Aerosmith living on the edge. I do actually. I had to learn that, uh, recently Mm. within the last, Six months, I learned it. Cool. Um, so I could probably get through it. Indeed. Um, but yeah, yeah. It would never hurt just to ask the guy to say, what kind of music do you guys play, right? So just say, like, um, say, well, I know... Commodore's cover band and you weren't ready for it. I mean, it's a Bourbon Street band, so there's going to be the Bourbon Street songs, of which I know them all. Um, and there you have it, the and, Bourbon and Street songs. That's how we refer to them, yes. <laughs> nice. Which are the tired old songs that everybody has played and everybody knows those are the River Street songs. But and they love them still. They do. And I, uh, I'm just gonna wing it. I kinda like it. It's, I like the adventure, the excitement of that, of not knowing what song is next. Ooh, what song are they gonna call? And if it's, maybe it is a song I know and I haven't played in forever and I love playing that song and I wish somebody else would have played that song and yes, <laughs> yay! <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking forward to. That, that excitement. Or, okay. or there's the excitement and the adrenaline of, no, I don't know it, but yeah, let's try it. What key is it in? Okay. Yeah, I kind of know how it goes. Let's, let's give it a shot. I think I could figure it out as we go. You know, I've done that a million times too, and that's fun. Especially when the guy's yelling at you, B, C, D, F, right? Giving you the changes as, as you're playing them. He's yelling them out. Yeah, sometimes they'll do that or sometimes they'll hold up a number for the chord. Right. You know, that's what I like to do. If I'm communicating on stage to another musician who knows a little bit of theory, I'll I'll just hold up the number. Like, it's the four chord, it's the five chord, it's the two chord, whatever. And they, you know, that's an easier way to communicate. It's harder, though, when it's a seventh chord or a sixth chord because now I need two hands. Yeah. And and my hands are on the bass. I can generally take one hand off. Unless you mouth them, just say seven. Yeah, but that's a little tougher. Seven. 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 I just get on the mic and say seven. Keith, seven. Sometimes I'll do that, too. Very rarely, though. I go on the mic and do that. Hmm. Um, All about perception, Steve. All about perception. All right. So speaking of, I thought this, speaking of perception, I thought this was going to drag this hour because I was, like, so in my head about everything that was going on. There's no drag. Wouldn't you know it? This hour is just about completed. I told just you, Steve. Flew by. Our mission is to deliver wisdom. Can't get down in the dumps about Facebook BS, man. You just gotta, you know, no, I, get, get well, on with it, man. Well, it's not being down in the dumps. It's it's trying to figure out what what yes. the reason is and to to come up with a solution to rectify the situation. 
But there's 23 hours in the day, and this hour is dedicated to wisdom. Right. And well done, Tony, for keeping us on track with that. Yes. Remember, in life, when you're not on track, put yourself in a mental state to get yourself back on track. Because whatever it is that you're thinking about and pondering and worrying yourself about and getting yourself down about is all in your head. Right. And as soon as you can change that mindset to a different place, your whole perspective changes. And you're like, what was I thinking about? Why was I so down before? You right. Know? But it's a trick. So you have to be able to, you know, be weary of the trickery. Right. Excellent wisdom. I'm not down. I feel good. I'm very yeah. happy that this hour came. Uh, we got it done, even though not a lot of people. But go to juke.ban, everybody hey. that's watching now. Get that app. It's free. They'll, they will, you make $25. They, you will get an extra bonus $25 from them. For the first 100 people from Cover Band Central that sign up, make sure you let them know that you came from Cover Band Central. Um, which, by the way, the website, CoverBandCentral.com, sign up for a profile for you, your band, or, or both that's free. And to get in touch with me, Steve, at CoverBandCentral.com. To get in touch with Tony, Steve, at CoverBandCentral.com. Uh, all right. Steve all right. at CoverBand.com slash. Please talk to Tony. And sign up for, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. The link is in the description for that. And we will, uh, uh, we'll be back on Tuesday next week again because we're doing Tuesdays again. And hopefully. No, I will not be here next Tuesday, Steve. You, you will not. That's right. You will be in. Sandcastleville. Uh, LBI, <laughs> Sandcastleville. I'll be going to my vacation Sandcastle. Right. So two weeks from now, return, but catch me tomorrow for whatever Wednesday. And yeah. maybe I'll uh, have figured this whole thing out, and maybe everybody will come back in droves. Maybe it'll be even better. You never know. So tune in for that, and uh, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other, and party on. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.